0: Hello and welcome to Dave Hill's Podcasting Incident with me, Dave Hill, the pride of Cleveland and beyond. Uh, we're really getting started right out of the gate. Uh, I've just seen Kevin Allison's crotch. <laughs> I don't
1: know if that was intentional. I don't
0: know if that was intentional was on the Zoom, but it does. It seems uh, definitely on brand.
2: <laughs> no, I was seeing if the little remote control is somewhere on this desk. I, I'm, I'm, uh, with my ADHD, Dave. I don't remember where I put anything, so oh. I'm gonna be hot here because the heat is on, and I can't find the remote control to change it.
0: I thought you were, uh, you were just zoom. It, it seemed like you literally just zoomed the camera you. on your, uh, on your crotch, and th- no complaints here. But, um, as the listeners probably picked up on, um, I think we said, uh, when Kevin Allison, host of the wildly popular risk podcast and, and, uh, amazing storyteller and comedian and so much more, we, I think we already said we were going to have you back, uh, yeah. as soon as possible and somehow, uh, it's still been two weeks cause we're monsters, but, um, we're all here. Me, Chris Gersbeck in Queens, and Kevin. Where Wait, I forget, even though I know this, somewhere in my brain, where exactly do you, not a, don't get it down to the street, but where Where in New York do you live? <laughs> I'm at? in
2: Bed-Stuy, 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 Brooklyn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah.
0: Um, and since, well, when we last spoke, you were about to broadcast an episode of Risk, with, uh, uh that included a story about a guy who who had his leg amputated and then had a fajita party where he and his friends <laughs> in a very uh not not uh not as dark a story as it sounds just when you when you bullet point it in the way that i just did or uh how what what has been the reception uh it's
2: interesting like so far it you know what's interesting i've always thought that like marketing stuff is Very deceptive and can be like the the whole idea of like Hollywood positioning you for a movie. For example, when I went to NYU, I was at the film school Mm -hmm. and Hollywood studios would bring movies to show to the film students as test audiences because they knew that, you know, film students pay close attention. But they they would never tell us anything about a movie before showing it to us. It was something that was going to be coming out in three months or something like that. And one time they brought a movie for us and uh, Kevin Costner shows up on screen and then there's a magical baseball field he's trying to create and James Earl Jones shows up. Well, the entire room full of of film students was just laughing their asses off at this movie, just hissing and hollering and making fun of lines and stuff like that. because when the movie starts it seems a little bit real and you you know you're like oh okay let's take this legitimately and then it becomes more and more absurd then in a few months the movie comes out and they totally positioned people for it they were like this fantasy that is a feel good thing in the style of frank capra will make you believe in dreams again and stuff like that and then everyone fucking loved field of dreams so Mm -hmm. i've always appreciated the idea of going into something without knowing jack shit about it to have a more objective you know like no one can stand in front of the mona lisa and have an objective point of view about it right Um, so but i did know that We really wanted to get people's attention that we were going to have our second cannibalism story on risk. So (laughs) I really wanted to get the word out there before the episode came out, but I also knew that one of our problems with risk is that because the stories are so uncensored, because there's so many kinky stories and stories where something violent happens or something really emotional happens, some people are scared of risk. You know, some people are like, oh my god, that show, it gets very unpredictable and it might take a dark turn sometimes, so I'm scared of it. So I wanted to let people know, it's a cannibalism story, yes, but it's ultimately very inspiring and fun, so I really pushed that idea. So people are reacting like I had trained them to react. So far, mm-hmm. fans are like, oh, I agree with you. It is an uplifting story, ultimately. Although yeah. I did feel a little sick to my stomach.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's, so, that's really the only, yeah. Uh, I think that, yeah, I probably wouldn't. I don't know if it makes me sick, but I guess I think, like, as much as I love the whole, the spirit of the whole thing, <laughs> I guess I think I probably would have uh, not eaten any of uh, the leg. Or maybe I would have had a tiny bit of leg. Yeah. just to, And and then just had a veggie uh, fajita.
2: Yeah, sure. You, pro- you have that option. It must have been kind of <laughs>
0: peculiar to
2: to know oh this is my friend's leg you
0: know oh i see i guess you know i would like it to be uh a friend's (laughs) friend's leg rather than a stranger's leg i feel like for better or for worse i uh I like to know what's going
2: on. Yes, yeah, it's,
1: it's like yeah. sharing a soda with a friend. You wouldn't share it with a stranger, but a yeah, friend.
2: you wouldn't want to just eat the leg of someone you picked up in a public bathroom.
0: Exactly. That's, I mean, today, uh, you know, if I can frame it into my everyday life, uh, I bought a bunch of peanuts. I bought a giant thing of peanuts at the grocery store and then I had it sitting for several days uh as I do now unless I'm gonna really just wash something immediately. I just leave it for a few days. Yeah. And then finally, uh, you know, because they have like, oh, the lives this virus lives on this for three days and four days and blah, this and that. So anyway, I was like, today's peanut day. I'm gonna get again gonna get into it. And uh I washed the thing anyway and I opened it and it had already been opened. Oh. And I ah! like someone had, uh, taken this seal off and I, and it was just, this is a, I mean, I, I could go get it. It's a very large planners, dry roasted peanuts thing. I got, you know, easily a, a, over a month's supply. And I just took the whole thing and I threw it in the trash and I went downstairs to tell my girlfriend and her mom, I said, you're not going to fucking believe this. I'm, I don't know if I said fucking, hmm. but, uh, I said, you know, I finally opened the peanuts and uh, and someone's been in there already. So I threw them out. She said, oh no, I, I opened them. I just threw some <laughs> of the squirrels. <laughs> and so I got them out of the trash. I washed the thing again, because it had been in the trash. And then I enjoyed some peanuts. Knowing, it. you know, I didn't, didn't bother me that my girlfriend's hand had been in there. Uh-huh. I, I, again, not relevant, not really the same. Yeah, but Germain,
2: Germain.
0: Yeah, yeah, I guess I just. So yeah, going back, um, I would like you know if I when the day comes when I eat leg, I would like it to be a friend's. Yeah.
2: Yeah, there was a guy. There's a he was a famous writer in the twenties, and he was also an adventurer, and he was obsessed with wanting to eat human flesh it like he was very famous writer a lot of the writers around about new york like the algonquin round table people knew about this guy very sophisticated you know a jazz age hero kind of guy forget his name but at the time he was he was a well-known name and he was way into bdsm which back in those days was incredibly rare so he would like uh, tie tie women up, chain them, and do all that kind of you know uh, whipping and all that. Oh,
0: kind so of stuff. he did, he did the chaining and the whipping.
2: Yes, exactly. He liked he liked being the dominant with submissive women.
0: Is that um, common?
2: Uh, oh yeah, well it's it's common, but it's very complicated. We have had, for example, there was a fellow who told a story on Risk. His name was Rod Hood, who is a heterosexual. Of course, it was yeah. <laughs> no, that's his actual real name. It's not oh, even a really? born name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. Right. Um, no, he is a very experienced kingster, an older guy. And he is not only a dominant heterosexual male, but he's also a sadistic too. So he likes to rough women up. But because he's a very experienced kingster he is incredibly careful about negotiation and consent so he told a story on risk about a woman who wanted to be really really roughed up and when he met with her to like do negotiation about it he he found out that she she had been roughed up a lot in real life and she wanted to work with this in a therapeutic way and so he was like oh man it seems like we are we are Getting into a real Pandora's box here. I'll tell you what, we have to have safe words and I have to, I'm gonna keep checking in with you. Is this okay? Is this okay? Even if you're weirded out by me saying that kind of shit. So, anyway, they played and he was roughing her up, you know, hitting her in the face and all that kind of stuff and, you know, kind of like rape play kind of stuff. And at a certain point, she said, she said her safe word or whatever. She made him stop and he just jumped away from her in the bed. And afterwards, he was like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry if that did, went beyond a level with you. And she said, that was transformational for me, to be able to say stop and have stopping oh, wow. happen.
1: Oh, wow. Yes, so, oh. Like, you must feel like you've been granted a superpower.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. wow, so that's amazing. So she, her thing... That's what she wanted was to be all this.
2: Yeah. They she stop was sh- and
0: have someone stop.
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. And I don't know if she still does that. I think like maybe that one bit of play might have been like, oh, fuck, I got that out of my system. I don't, yeah, I mean, but I don't know. I, I didn't ask him what has happened since. But that was a story a lot of people remember on the show. But a lot of, in the kink community, men who are heterosexual or bisexual who like playing with women and who are dominant, uh are mindful that they're in a stickier situation you know that they're more likely to be canceled there's a lot of canceling in the kink culture
0: what do you, you mean know? like uh canceling oh <laughs> there's oh, a, like, yeah oh, oh like can not you main can I, I i'm sorry i, I <laughs> you mean like in the in the cancel culture you said yes the- yeah
2: Long i before- thought you
0: meant like people you're, you're like i had a 430 And the guy canceled on me. And I I was like, oh.
2: Yeah, well, unfortunately, there is a lot of that too. But anyway, no, no. It's it's before there was like Me Too or anything like that, on Fet Life, especially, on Fet Life, which is like Facebook for Kingsters, uh, there was a long tradition of do not play with that person. He's irresponsible, he gets a little drunk and then doesn't listen and stuff like you know, people would like let you know and sometimes you know i mean sometimes that shit gets out of control because it'll be like oh i heard that this person was this way or that way you know so that Mm -hmm. that can be dangerous in its own right but yeah but it is always nice if you're gonna if you're going to be going into intense play with someone it really is nice to to check in with some people who have played with that person as well to get a little bit of like what do you call it uh reference yeah
0: Mm -hmm yeah oh wow this i didn't i i've I've never really heard that much about like the guy the uh dominant dominant uh man in that in that uh scenario yeah 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 Yeah. how about you chris you're you've gone quiet over there you've been very quiet this episode
2: (laughs) yeah some secrets are being held over there i think
1: no, I've never, uh, personally never, I, like that whole world, it's actually like something I've only really heard a lot about since, you know, started working with the risk team.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and now it's all, now you can't.
1: No, it's fascinating to, to uh, it, it's, it's fascinating when you're presented with this whole like sort of subculture that you just never really gave much of a thought about.
2: Yeah, and yeah. I, like you
1: know. And how it works. And you know.
2: the weird thing about me is that I never gave it much of a thought either until I was forty-one. The for we're we're rerunning this week on Risk tomorrow on Thursday. I don't know when this is coming out, so it might probably yeah. already be. I what? think
0: Friday. Friday.
2: Oh, okay. So by Friday, if you check on the Risk side or just check wherever Risk can be downloaded. Uh, we're rerunning Kevin goes to kink camp, which was the first kink camp I ever went to, and then I told mm-hmm. an hour-long story about it, um, and that was kind of a life-changing mm-hmm. event for me. It was at forty-one going to that camp where I was like, "Oh wait, this is me. This is oh okay now I'm putting all this together," and that was kind of a kind of a very big surprise to me and a big Pandora's box. Um, but uh, but yeah. Yeah, I've been, I've done a lot of over the years playing with being the dominant or the submissive and am usually more, uh, like, th- more excited about being the submissive, actually.
0: What, um I know this is a a sharp turn, but just with kink, what is the food like at kink camp?
2: Ah, it's interesting because the kink camps that I've been to have have been held at children's camp spaces. Oh, wow. Yeah, so kink camps will often happen not in the summer, but right before the summer or right after the summer when the kids have not yet arrived or the kids have just left. So it's very typical to be being flogged or have needles stuck in you while you're looking up at these artworks on the ceiling, they're you know, like <laughs> paintings of Barney and stuff like that. Yeah, <laughs>
0: which for some it might add to the whole thing. I, I would imagine.
2: <laughs> if you have a thing for
1: Barney, sure.
0: Yeah, I mean, we all, you know, we, how do you not?
1: So is it just like <laughs> the some level just rents out those camps and the, yeah, they have and- to be like straightforward about what they're renting them for? Or oh, I,
2: absolutely. And they have to, they have to be straightforward with the community too, which is the biggest issue. The one that I, the, the one in Kevin goes to kink camp, it's a big, I mean, at one point, I stopped going to that particular camp but, but at the 50 shades of gray had just come out like when I stopped going so the, so these things started becoming a lot more popular but it's kind of like how you know like I don't know Woodstock or something like that where it it reaches a level where you're like oh wait now everyone's doing this and it's getting weird you know what I mean like like Is because, it
0: Yeah yeah was 50 shades of gray would you say that was the the nirvana of the kink scene yeah, well, like in the way that when nirvana came along the band right then everyone was into so-called alternative rock did not, everyone just did were just like everyone's like all right spank it, me
2: it did have a it definitely had a big, big, big effect that way. But actually, the story Kevin Goes to Kink Camp had a big effect that way. Like a lot of people that ended up going to the, that particular camp started telling the camp directors, oh, we heard this story on RISC. <laughs> 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 um, but, uh the problem with 50 shades of gray is i haven't read it and i haven't seen the movie either but i've talked to plenty of people and everyone says the same thing is that this woman was just writing fan fiction
3: mm-hmm.
2: was not an experienced Kingster herself does a terrible job of representing consent and negotiation which is a mm-hmm. big problem yeah um, yeah and so, so yeah, so she's just making shit up and doing fan fiction and everything, and then it becomes a huge hit, and then a lot of people just end up coming to these camps or whatnot, like, really not knowing shit. So, you know, they had to add, I think, that particular camp that everyone had to have an orientation specifically about consent and negotiation <laughs> <laughs> before the weekend could begin, yeah, yeah.
0: Oh, wow. I yeah. mean, I have to say, that story, uh kevin goes to kink camp i mean it made me want to go to kink camp <laughs> and I, just, just with all the crazy shit you see oh yeah i mean i i who knows and i think you know maybe the i mean there's a variety of reasons i have not been to kink camp but probably the real uh and and we'll ask chris why he has not been to kink camp uh <laughs> as soon as i'm done explaining um <laughs> is I, th- I think like, oh, the-, the Pandora's box of it all. Like, oh my gosh, what if I just learn all these things that are just in- inconvenient to find out at this stage in my life? <laughs>
2: That's exactly like, oh, what it gosh, was for me. <laughs> I
0: have gone so long without being a pony. I don't want to be a pony. I don't have time to be a pony. You know? It's but expensive
2: make- to be a pony.
0: Oh my God, yeah, you got to get... Uh oh yeah to the right oh the whole thing the saddle
2: the thing you Uh, put in your mouth the bit
0: oh yeah i mean but i don't know i think uh and again i'm open to the idea of being or the possibility clearly i'm not that open because again I've, i've not been to king camp but maybe maybe when this whole virus thing goes away that'll be my time to shine uh and this made me think of my next question which i will ask after we, as Chris Way has not been to kink Camp, um, <laughs> is um, yeah, I, I think I, I've I've always said like, oh my, I have, don't have a kink. I'm just looking for uh, just uh, basic human friction. But maybe that's a convenient lie I tell myself.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, probably
0: probably is.
2: I talked to my therapist about this because I did discover. Uh, a few fetishes uh after going to kink camp that uh, in the couple of years after that actually where i was like oh wait i don't know if i'm comfortable i'm freaked out that i'm into this where is this gonna lead what what sort of psychological stuff is this gonna unearth and i said to my therapist at one point because he's a sex therapist he studies this shit, um mm-hmm. and i said oh my
0: gosh so you he you must be thrilled when you walk in there.
2: <laughs> well, no, I mean he, <laughs> he, he sees all sorts of people so whenever I say, Oh my god, I feel like Yeah, such but you're like a freak. celebrity,
0: you've <laughs> got the whole you you tick all the boxes, the sex well, therapist dream.
2: I just know that he's thankful that I'm not a pedophile. I put that together, you know, that like like I'll say, Oh my god, I feel so fucked up because I'm into such fucked up stuff, and he's like, Oh no. Oh, don't worry about it. Believe me.
0: (laughs) Oh, Oh, that must be comforting.
3: Yeah. I can't hear myself, but I'm assuming... These
1: are real podcast listeners, not actors.
3: Uh, hey, thanks for
1: coming. Here's a list of descriptors. What would you choose to describe the perfect podcast? I mean, vulgarity. Dumb. Definitely dumb. And like uh, right here, this one.
3: Meritless.
1: What if I told you there was a podcast that did have all of that? No. Jordan Jesse Go. And it's free. Jordan Jesse, Jesse Go? go. Jordan, Jesse, go. Jordan, Jesse, go. A real podcast. Strange planets, curious technology, and a fantastic vision of the distant future. Featuring Martin Starr. So we're going on day 14. Shuttle still hasn't come. Aparna Nancharla.
3: The security system provides you with emotional security. You do the rest.
1: Echo Kellum. Can you disconnect me or not? Hurry Kondabolu. I'm staying. From Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, Jeffrey McGiver. Could
3: you play Cindy Lauper's Girls Just Want to Have Fun? It's The Outer Reach. Stories from Beyond. Now available for free at MaximumFun.org or anywhere you listen.
2: But uh, I forget, was there something else or or we needed to ask Chris why he hasn't been to King?
0: There was something I wanted to ask, but now it's calling now. Oh. Well, Chris, we can ask you why you've, and then I'll remember my question. But uh, why why have you not been to King Camp, Chris uh, Gersbeck.
1: I'm not a big fan of the outdoors, I guess. Oh yeah. Oh, what a yeah.
0: cop out answer. <laughs>
1: <laughs> How much Chris, does it cost? How much is the like a weekend at King that's,
0: Camp?
2: That's that's the thing, and that's the thing that people complain about too. People say, man ever since the internet and they shut down all the kink sort of bars, like we were talking about the the vault the last time, all those Mm -hmm. kinds of places are mostly gone. Like the culture of kink in the cities is mostly gone. It's just happening in people's apartments, or at these sorts of camp sorts of events that you have to you know, spend at least $500 going to, you know what I mean? And then there's getting travel and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, like to have a really, you know, nice three or four days there can run you like, you know, about 600 or so dollars. And that's, um, you know, that's, that's a chunk of change.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You gotta be, uh, you gotta be in it. Yeah. Uh, no, it's uh, you know, yeah. People don't want to. I, I, there was a guitar camp I wanted to go to. Same thing, didn't go. Mm-hmm.
2: Too mm-hmm. expensive. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, but what I wanted to ask, um, with uh, regard to kink, like, cause I and well, I guess this is the well, of it's t- t- twenty part question. You can just answer them as they come along. But as I understand it, with kink. Uh, kinky, BDSM, or, or any sort of kink that uh, sexual, like release and sort of uh, satisfaction or gratification, is not always part of it. Is that correct?
2: Oh yes, absolutely, absolutely. There's there's a lot of people who do stuff that speaks to either a romantic feel you know like like some people will do like erotic hypnosis and there will it'll just be like a romance kind of thing like i'm going off on this romantic imaginary journey or um yeah like the pony play we were my my friend melina did exactly what you were talking about she was at a kink camp she went into this They have these arts and crafts fairs at these things all the time because a lot of people make, part of their interest is making whips, making horse stuff, you know, saddles and stuff like, and then trying to sell them at these camps. So she went to the the arts and crafts part of the camp and saw that this person had all this incredibly deluxe horse stuff. And she was like, huh, wonder what this would feel like to put on this bridal or whatever it is and and all of a sudden she felt like wow this feels right to me i would have never expected that and then she was like people started coming up to her to pet her like she was a horse. And then the person who was running the stand was like, here, give her these. And they were sugar cubes. And they started feeding her little treats. And she said she got overwhelmed with like the sweetness and adoration and the way people were treating her like a pony. And, and she, that's it. That's, th- suddenly she was like, holy fuck, I'm a fucking pony. And she's like, you can't believe how expensive this became.
0: This is, <laughs> if you...
3: got a velvet jacket instantly people are
0: stroking you and then i like the look of it and i like that people were always like caressing Uh me yeah and then and then next thing i know i've got 10 velvet coats velvet pants and uh here we are
2: this and is a mundane question, but do you have to avoid being out in damp weather with that? Do you have to avoid the rain and everything?
0: Uh, I don't. I just live my life, you know. No, good um, for you. I just, I just say fuck it. I don't. I'm not precious with anything, you know, because uh, as we are all know, it could all go away like that. Yeah, <laughs> then, you got it. So, I, yeah, I, I, wear my, my, uh, luxury fabrics and things in, in the rain. I don't oh, it give, give much thought.
2: To finish your question. So, so but Melina bought all this pony stuff and then she was excited to come back to King Camp the next year, being a pony. So she made a play date with another woman and uh, and the other woman was super excited and, and they did all this horse stuff like trotting her around in a field and I don't even know what people do with horses, quite frankly. I have no experience with horse culture. But they were doing horse stuff. And at the end of like I don't know, maybe an hour and a half of play or something like that, Melina, you know, they they finished. They, you know, the the Dom like finit wrapped up the play session. And Melina was like, oh no, I I just um I don't mean to be disrespectful as the submissive in this situation, but uh was there going to be any sex, you know, because there there had been no sex. It was oh, still yeah. just playing pon- pony play. Yeah. Um, and the woman said to her, Oh my gosh, Melina, uh, I grew up on a horse farm and I didn't tell you this, but you were reminding me so much of my, you know, most beloved horse. When I was a girl, you reminded me so much of Daisy. Uh, that that's what I was getting out of this and I can't imagine having sex with Daisy. So,
3: what?
0: You're, But that's a, that's a long way to go to be reminded of a horse that you used to know. You could just go, you could just go to a farm and not pay $600. You could you could just go you could go to Kensington Stables in Brooklyn and go ride a horse for twenty five bucks or whatever it is. Oh my gosh! Wait, that exists. Yeah, there's I've been, I go out there every once in a while. I've, oh. I've not been in a few years now that I'm saying it out loud. Hmm. Yeah, there's this. Uh, uh, they may have moved, but I don't think so. Right, uh, off of Prospect Park. Oh, gosh, there's there's a stable out. and it's it's not too expensive and you can go riding. You go riding in the park. Yeah.
2: Oh, nice! I should do that sometime.
0: Yeah, I mean it's it's cool. I've 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 done it almost entirely. Like you can you can ask them like I want to shoot something. You know. What? So you, I've rented horses. Shoot
2: something in the park.
0: Well, like you, you have a video, a video camera, like, kid, film it. like uh, you film. It. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> no, I'm going hunting in front. Of- <laughs> I like, I like how you didn't, you didn't question me shooting something. It, just whether I was shooting something in the park was what alarmed you. Um, and I
2: assume you can't fuck the horse. Either.
0: <laughs> no, yeah, I, 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 it's not recommended for many reasons, but uh. No, yeah, you can go out there. They're all very friendly. Um oh, but uh oh so so that that's that's the other thing I was wondering is so and maybe you've answered my question in a way is is with you know this say this woman who wanted there to be sex is it common for say at a kink camp like oh I'm I'm partnering with this person to explore this kink and these two people are doing something over here and then the two kink couples don't get into any actual sex and then the maybe then the other two people that weren't kinky together were like, hey, let's go grab some drinks and fuck.
2: Oh yeah, oh my gosh, yeah, 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 yeah. There's, <laughs> there is a funny thing that happens at, at camps like those where first of all, I have a large, there's a large part of my personality, which is introverted. So every time I've been to one of these camps, you know, you're usually there for three or four days and I will often just be like, okay, I am completely tapped out on watching people do crazy shit or engaging in crazy shit. And I have to take a two hour walk in the woods, you know what I mean? (laughs) but also, there's often just occasions where you'll see people be like, ugh, let's not go to the big whipping party. You want to just cuddle in bed.
3: Uh-huh.
1: That's like the third day of a music festival.
3: Yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: Just hang out by the uh, mozzarella stick stand. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah 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 and there are people like for example there's a guy i play with regularly and we do like um the play we do is like very worshipful like i like he he's literally like in in the role play that we kind of do like he's the god and i'm like the supplicant you know like like almost as if like in an ancient culture he's he's the king and i'm the eunuch or whatever and uh so we do all these things together and he Almost never gets an erection. He never comes. He just loves being worshipped.
0: <laughs> wow.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's like a big ego uh, stroke to him. So it's fascinating, you know. For me, it's definitely it. There, there's a big sexual, sexual. I have a on and I, I ejaculate and all that in our sessions. But for him, not. And it's like, well, great. It, it, you know, works for both of us.
0: My favorite thing uh, in doing this over Zoom is that I'm 99% watching you and listening to you and then 1% when you say certain things, I switch my gaze to Chris and see (laughs) where he's at. Which adds like another layer that I'm really enjoying with this format. (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> well, no, actually, what
1: you said about the guy loving being worshipped but didn't get any sexual gratification out of it—it it made me think that maybe there's a lot of cult leaders out there who just desire to be worshipped and they don't know how how to do a it. In kink, a, a kink way. gone
0: wrong, a kink yeah. spun out of control. Waco. Yeah. Oh God! I thought when you were gonna say like the worship, it, it was the the tables were turned. It was like someone just, like, asking you, like, about, like, specific episodes of Risk. Like, season two, how did you shape that story? And, like, do you mind if I ask you just a few questions about the state? What was it like? Yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. No, I've often, you know, people have little fantasies about becoming cult leaders and, Whenever you think for like two minutes about, oh yeah, what would that be like? It's like, oh god, yeah, you you have to be crazy. Like the current president is cl- clearly has some of that insanity about him, you know? Yeah, yeah. So
0: oh, no, uh, yeah, I don't. Oh, I can't even. The books, the books that will that will will be out after all of this. Oh
2: my god!
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: Um, I saw today that, that Jared
1: up. Kushner is already saying that they might delay the 2020 election, even though he's saying that. Yeah, he's saying that they're considering it, even though there's absolutely no legal way that they could postpone it. Right, right, right. Like right, it has right. to take place on that Tuesday.
2: Right, and now they're, they're they're huge. They're they're doing as much as they can to present the whole idea that mail-in voting is some sort of like fraud. fraud. Uh, in order to just, you know, basically try to get people to not vote. Um, So, yeah, it's insanity. It's insanity. Let's get off that topic and talk about yeah, (laughs) Yeah,
0: yeah, let's get back to, um, well, just a quick, if we can tie you not to uh, cross-promote. Well, we haven't been doing episodes, but um, on, um, well, maybe, wait, what? which was it this podcast or the canadian podcast chris where andrea allen and i don't think i'm talking out of school or however the saying goes where she wore she had a like a pony uh oh burning like burn a burning man but she was on
1: this i think i was on this podcast it
0: was in her her butt like it
1: went right up her butt yeah, like a tail.
2: Oh, a tail. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Pony, yeah. A lot of people who do uh, any sort of furry or animal play will have butt plugs that have tails. Yeah. So the, the idea with a butt plug is un, unlike a dildo, you put it in there and it's shaped in such a way that the sphincter closes around it. You know what I mean? So it sure. stays there. So it stays there. So mm-hmm. people will put in a butt plug with a tail attached to be
0: whatever animal... They want to be. I I like that. I mean, I like that. It, I I like that it's happening. I should say. I don't. Again, not probably not right for me. I, I don't fear it. Uh, I think it goes back to just my sim, my. Uh, you know, I I fancy myself an interesting man, but I'm. You know, I guess I'm pretty.
1: I think you you just have to be super careful about removing
0: it. Real? Yeah, well you have to be That'd super be careful <laughs> about
2: putting it into, you, yeah, you have to go in very slowly and, and gradually and all that sort of thing. Yeah.
0: Oh yeah, yeah I'm gonna, you.
2: someone is, a Dixie De Latour Tour from Body Storytelling is uh, mailing me a stainless steel butt plug. And I'm very excited because that's my favorite material for any sort of butt instrument. Oh never, sure, you gotta yeah. go
0: stainless steel. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got, yeah, you have to. Uh, <laughs> you you really have to. Wait, I is that?
1: Think. Did you use a stainless steel dildo in the state reunion <laughs> thing?
0: Yes, yes, yes. I
2: used in when the state we redid one of our classic sketches, Porcupine Racetrack, only from within our homes. Everyone recorded their parts. It's a, it's a big musical number that is one of our best known sketches and we decided to ever redo porcupine racetrack for 2020 with everyone doing from quarantine and i was like i was nervous because i'm like oh they're all multi-millionaires so they all probably have a ama- i mean i know they have amazing homes and they all probably have costumes and stuff like that sitting around from reno 911 and whatnot so they probably have crazy ways of dressing or whatnot and I was like, meanwhile, I'm in my tiny little one bedroom in bed But I was like, oh, wait, I do have something that's funny, which is all my kink gear. So <laughs> I decided to record my part, like, almost nude, you know, only wearing, like, a leather jockstrap and a leather harness and a whip, you know, a riding crop. And then at one point, I pull out my uh, 11-inch, three-pound stainless steel dildo uh and then i and then drop it and it makes a big clunking sound. so it's very funny very funny yeah no it's actually i have to confess to people that people are like that thing's too big how can you handle that and the answer is i i can't
0: <laughs> yeah, some some things are just nice to have around yeah yeah or or, or which is not to say you don't make use of it you know
3: yeah uh,
2: yeah it's a great prop for when you do porcupine racetrack again
0: oh yeah (laughs) there was uh for years i because i bought a massive dildo at a porn shop on 14th street that's i think definitely gone by now and i i bought it because i was making a video do you remember gosh what was it some commercial that had reggaeton in it and somehow I thought it'd be funny to edit myself into the commercial dancing around. And at one point I just inexplicably had this dildo that was as big as, you know, my forearm. And uh, and I had it for years in my apartment. And I couldn't get rid of it because I was just like, this is, it's too funny. And I can always... Uh, there's always gonna be funny things I can do with this uh uh-huh. and then and this is not to go back to trump, but i uh as some people know, I was hired in two thousand four to write ringtones for him uh <laughs> during the celebrity ringtone boom and it was <laughs> so it was right when the apprentice started, and as part of it uh I was given by essentially him I was given the art of the deal one of his other shitty books and a Donald Trump doll that you press a button and it says like you know yells at you and stuff and so I had it for I never got rid of it and I had it just because I thought and gosh was I right about that I was like, "Oh, I feel like this will become more interesting over time."
1: Oh, was Christ. was my naive? Was it in like an apprentice labeled box, like the Apprentice Donald? Trump I doll.
0: I think so. Yeah, I don't have the. Bo- I didn't have the box, but I had the doll, oh, yeah. and uh, and so and he's wearing a suit, and he you know he punched, and he just says all sorts of stupid shit, and I had it, but the thinking was I was like over time this will become more interesting and uh gosh it sure did um but um and here's where the very large dildo comes back <laughs> i started uh making videos on instagram if you go back in my account you can there's probably uh, many of them where i would just beat the shit out of the trump doll with a giant dildo <laughs>
2: Just as some
0: sort of like, uh, I think
2: you know, I saw that once,
0: I mean, I've made many, I bought a bag of Cheetos once and I rolled them around in the Cheetos and then beat the shit out of them. Uh, but anyway, at one point I realized that, um, I guess I got Marie Kondo a little bit and uh, I thought, you know, I see. let's get rid of the Trump doll and let's get rid of the giant dildo. These things weren't bringing you enough joy? No, no. I realized the Trump doll just wasn't at all. The dildo, I still thought, uh, I'll probably buy another one like it someday. Um, <laughs> but I was just like, uh, I was like, well, I'm not getting any younger. And someday, I wonder what my, the per- my <laughs> nieces and nephews are going to have to clean my home out.
1: <laughs> I wonder what the percentage of dildos bought are strictly for like as a gag
2: oh yeah i would assume that a lot a good deal of them probably Mm -hmm. are you know
0: i would say a full two-thirds never uh do their damn (laughs) job
3: if i had to say
0: i would guess that would be my guess that a full (laughs) or maybe it's maybe it's maybe the percentage is much higher where it's like um you know uh the majority are bought as a joke or ironically, and then and then used in a com- deadly ser not deadly, but very serious <laughs> manner. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh my god!
0: You know, like like a uh, you know when I like the time I bought a uh, Girls Gone Wild DVD because that that what a silly thing and it popped it in immediately, bought it as a joke. <laughs> watched it right away <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god
1: remember when that was advertised all the time everywhere it? Oliver it's like comedy central comedy like central exclusively <laughs> yeah sponsored by them
0: yeah 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 isn't that, is that so yeah big it's amazing to think of like, Hey, it's like, like you can't really go back and be like, Hey, Comedy Central, what was that all about? <laughs> <laughs> hey, Comedy hmm. Central, remember when you did that? Um, and if you did that now, like, uh, uh, I know a guy, I won't, I won't name his name because he's worked very hard to get away from it. Uh, but he, he, you know, he was a young comedian and th- th- they were hiring they needed someone to like host these things besides uh, like a girl's
2: gone wild sort of like television party or something
0: yeah and he so his earliest paid work was like not being the joe francis pervert but just being like a guy like hey and um and then you know at the time the money was probably pretty sweet but then once you know then down the line he was like Oh, I I need to erase this from history, um, which I I t- totally understand.
2: <laughs> what is because something because the guy the guy the head of the guy who whose brainchild Joe, it was Joe Francis. I oh okay okay yeah 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 because he ended up like having a lot of shitty things right that he and was and, up to.
0: and good good I hope <laughs> I I. <laughs> I think it's okay that it ended badly for him. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah,
2: yeah. Funny. Oh my but,
0: god. But um, I this has flown. We I gotta say, this has flown by. And Kevin, um, because we're almost we're at, almost at an hour, mm-hmm. and we need to keep it under an hour for uh, Fubar oh, Radio.
2: You know what we didn't talk about though? Is it true that you microdose? Is that true? Yes, yeah, and so you're out about that.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, basically.
2: Yeah. W- what What do you do? Mushrooms.
0: I uh, primarily, but uh, yeah, I've done very. I mean, uh, LSD, peyote. Oh wow! Um, so
2: you you've mixed it up a little bit. Yeah, cuz I do too. I do LSD, but in really small amounts.
0: Oh yeah, I mean totally. Yeah. See you, you have to come back. You you have to come back and we'll we'll de- dedicate a whole episode to this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um or maybe maybe this is my risk story.
3: Um, oh, I don't oh, know. Yeah,
0: but, yeah, yeah, maybe. But uh, but um I but yeah, but but yeah, I I had read about it, you know. I, I've had, you know, been dealing with clinical depression, anxiety since, you know, like uh, my early twenties, which is when it real, you know, at least consciously in my from from my early twenties, where the medical community was like, "Yep," mm-hmm. um, and was just at a point where I felt like at the very at my very best, I feel like I'm barely keeping my head above water. Mm. And I read about it, and I'm like, uh, and it was, you know, basically people were like, oh, I basically found themselves in that same thing, and then they tried it, and they were like, I feel like I can live again, uh-huh. like, uh, and so I, I tried to. I did qualify for a study at NYU, and they, you know, they said it's fifty percent placebo and i just felt like i i wanted to really try it and i i spoke with uh a number of professionals like you know doctors and therapists and no one you know they were either like yeah this is pretty well documented at this point and it's just being you know it's it i as you know i I think eventually it will be mainstream medicine i think so yeah so, oh, yeah. they, you know, they were like the, the most apprehensive of, of the ones I talked to just said, oh, I don't have any patients who have done it. So I can't speak firsthand. But he said, obviously, I've read the, you know, the oh. research and, you know, seen the, the evidence so far. So, but, um, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I, I, I wouldn't like tell someone like, oh, you gotta go do this, but.
2: Yeah, that's the way I am. I like, don't really necessarily recommend it to anyone because I'm like, look, I, I, I don't, it seems to work good for me, but you know, I would hate to like recommend it to someone and then they're like, oh, that trip, trip tripped off something in my psyche that I didn't know was there or something. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah,
0: uh, but, but I think also the thing that, that I do like about it is that before, well, before I did it, um, is no one was like, oh my God, you gotta do this. It's awesome. It's the best thing. Everyone was like, I found it to be really effective and it has really made a positive change in my life. (laughs) Like without exception, everyone was just like, kind of like, oh yeah. It's like in the sort of matter of fact, No, no superlatives involved. Right, right. Made me go like, okay, like, because I'm always, you know, anytime people rave about anything, I push back against it right away, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but, so, but having, you know, had experience with it for a little while now, same thing. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say to someone like, oh, get, go do it. But you know, I do have friends that I'm like, oh, I really think they would benefit. From yeah. this, and if they ever wanted to talk about it, I would be happy to. Yeah, that's but, interesting. Um, I am getting the uh, aggressive. Uh, Wrap it up. I, I. What's that?
1: Wrap it up sign.
0: I'm getting. Yeah, for, you can't see it happening, but I, I've gotten a couple. they like because because I told them six. Oh um, no problem, no problem. But um, thank you, Kevin. Yeah, yeah.
2: thank you. This is fun.
0: And there you have it, my delightful, as always, conversation with Kevin Allison and uh, weirdly quiet Chris Gersbeck. Hmm. Go figure. We'll, we'll get into that next episode, or the one after that, or whenever uh, Kevin comes back for part three of, uh, and it could, could be endless with Kevin, uh, go listen to Kevin's uh, Risk podcast. It's incredible. Uh one of the greatest uh podcasts out there today if i dare and i say that as a guy who has uh, a podcast i'm not afraid to compliment another podcast anyway uh thank you kevin and thank you chris gersbeck of course i'm dave hill and i haven't showered in days no that's not even true i think i showered hmm, it's been a couple days anyway uh thank you for listening i hope you guys all stay safe and healthy and, uh, we're gonna get through this We're gonna get to the other side of this It's gonna be a rocky road At times But, uh, we're gonna get to the other side And, um, I'm, I'm gonna have a super sick dance party Um, please If you haven't already Get my new comedy album, The Pride of Cleveland Out now, on 800-pound Gorilla Records, go stream it Legally download it, however, just Just listen to it, I work so hard on it Uh, it's the best Comedy album, um Um, I, I just like to, you know, whatever. Make your own decisions. Also get the new Witch Tame record, Sons of Midwestern Darkness. And hey, uh, for a good book, I recommend Parking the Moose, my most recent book, which will be out in paperback in June. So, uh, it'll be three formats for you by June, uh, to include the audiobook, hardcover, and paperback. Anyway, enough. Okay, uh, if you want to help keep gas in the tank and, uh, Chris, um, stocked up on circus peanuts and things like that, that he requires to survive. Please support our Patreon, uh, patreon.com forward slash Dave Hill and throw it. Well, we have all sorts of goodies for, uh, for being a part of the magic, but for as little as $1 a month, you can make a difference in two, uh, at least physically grown men's lives. Uh, and once again, thanks to our friends at Maximum Fun for having us be a part of their podcasting and beyond Empire. Go to MaximumFun.org for more information on what those nut jobs are up to. Uh, Chris, uh, put some action music or witch taint here. I don't know. We'll see everyone next week. We have uh, very excited about uh, the guest next week, which will be revealed to you very soon. All right. Keep up the good work, everybody. Uh, your hair looks great. Don't let anyone tell you different. And uh, you don't need to go bowling uh, anytime soon. So uh, stay inside.